Looking for work, better pay, better work environment? We can help. Call Kelly Jobs today at 502-425-7131 to speak with a recruiter today. Score a better job with us. Call 502-425-7131 or visit kellyjobs.com. That's kellyjobs.com. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. You're listening to Dan Issel and Louis Rabot on ESPN 680 and 1057. Now, here's Dan and Louie. All right, second hour of the show here on a Thursday, ESPN 680, 1057, taking you up until noon, V-Show after us. Over on 93.9, of course, is the ACC tournament at noon, Miami and Wake Forest. Get play-by-play over there. A second hour of our show brought to you by our friends at Delta Dental and DeltaDentalKY.com. Get those plans for yourself, your family, your employees, nationwide network of dentists. And if you are a dentist, click on that Dentist Tools tab at the top of the page to expand your practice, DeltaDentalKY.com. And it is Thursday, so of course we want to thank Adam and his staff for dropping off Wing Zone Catering to the ESPN Louisville Studios. Very cool deal for March Madness. It's called their Madness Deal. 20 boneless wings and a large wedge for fifteen ninety nine, perfect for lunch, dinner, and like we mentioned, that game watch party. Order online, wingzo.com. Tons of deals on the website, three area locations. The new one for our friends in the South End in front of Holy Cross on Dixie Highway. And in Hikes Point at popular level, we bring in Jay Davis now from Cranes Detroit in his usual spot on a Thursday. Um, and half of his family. Jay, how are you? <laughs> Got it. <laughs> got a sick kid home. Today. Oh, no. Oh. It's going around, man, and it doesn't seem to matter yeah. if you're in Michigan or Kentucky or anywhere. It's going everywhere. Or Jay Davis. Denver. <laughs> there it is. Jay yeah. Davis, underscore 1981. On Twitter, we, um, we're we talking strip clubs a lot down here, Jay. Um, oh, boy. Can you name the most – Could you? did you know the name Shotgun Willies before John Moran got in trouble? I did not. Okay. All right, okay. <laughs> I feel like the ones that are most famous are in Atlanta. Is that fair? Magic City, yeah. Onyx, right. Strokers. I don't not that not that I visited any other places, but <laughs> I just you know I listen to a lot of rap music. Exactly, you know, that's right. why I know about strip clubs and luxury brands and stuff like that. It is remarkable that you, you can't. We talked about Charles Barkley the other day, and I promise this is a different topic. But you know he can essentially say whatever he wants, and he never gets in trouble. Oh yeah, rappers are the same way, right? Pretty much, you know, but you know, most of them, most of them lie about what they're yeah, saying. Exactly. I will say something, particularly, you know, that kind of relates to John Morant. You know, uh, he's in a city where, you know, I mean, I, you know, it, the one thing I say about the whole Josh situation is it's a lot different than it was, you know, when Allen Iverson was going through the things he went through, you know, because it was like, you know, there was some uh, some coded language and some undertones there, but with Jai, it seems like, you know, just a lot of people are concerned about him. Yes, right. And, you know, just what I know, the little bit I know about, about Memphis is, you know, that it, it, it's funny, you know, when people flash guns and stuff, and I, I hope he gets some help. It seems like there's some mental things going on. There was a video I saw of him on a plane, like, 
slugging, you know, tequila straight from the bottle. Yeah. So, you know, he's he's dealing with some things that I hope he gets some help help with. But, you know, a lot of you know, a lot of times when people get on Instagram and flash their guns, it makes it makes them seem like they you know, the gun that they got is the last gun that was ever made, you know, especially you know, there's been a lot of stuff that's happened with you know, famous people, you know, in that position. Like, he was on that video, no shirt on. He had on these giant chains, you know. Like, well, you know, people will come look for you. That happened, you know, to some rappers in Florida and L.A., you know. That happened, Kim Kardashian, that happened to her in Paris. You know, they tied her up because she, she was on a video with a bunch of jewelry. So, you know, he just needs to, to be careful. Jay, I don't understand, and, and you, you referenced um... – Allen Iverson, mm. and if you have not if you have not seen Allen Iverson's uh, accept, acceptance speech at his Hall of Fame induction, I'm, I'm sure it's on YouTube or something. But the first half of it is one of the best acceptance speeches I've ever heard. The second half of it is easily the worst, and he starts <laughs> he starts thanking Buki and Benny and you know all, all, all of his buddies from the hood. Why why and Carmelo Anthony? You can put a lot of people in this category. Why do they insist on having people around them who are just takers? None of them really givers. Well, I I mean. So there's there's a lot to that, you know. When you come from certain places, and this this applies to lots of people, but you know you have there's there's people that look out for you. You know, Allen Iverson was able to play basketball because somebody, you know, even though he's got friends that you know may have done a lot of stuff. And the thing about Allen Iverson was, if you remember, a lot of the stuff that he was getting into was because of his friends. It wasn't you know it wasn't him. Yeah. Like there was one. There was one really, really bad incident he had with his wife where he, like, threw her out of the house, you know, and she was naked or something like that. But, you know, a lot of the stuff that Allen Iverson got into was because because of his, was you know, because of his friends. But, sure. you know, those those friends, when you're young, you know, they're the ones that, you know, when something's happening, they say, all right, you go to practice, you go home, you don't need to be here, you know, you don't need to be here for this. You know, this, you know, this might mess up whatever you have going for you, you know. Like, that's why that – fighting the bowl and now he's all you know still talked about to this day you know because you know he was he was young and you know he was about to go to school and you know that could have potentially ruined his future as a basketball player so um you know i think the the iverson iverson situations and john moran are two totally complete two completely different things but yeah you know you there's people who look out for you you know i remember when i was in high school you know stuff would happen and you know people would be about to get into stuff and they'd be like, you know, just go home. You know, this doesn't have anything to do with you. You know, you might die like that. That's the, and, and you, you respect that. Like my best friend from high school, he's been in prison for almost 20 years. But when I was in high school, he looked out for me. So when I would come home for school from in the summer, you know, I'd pick him up, you know, we'd go out when I, you know, I would, I would take him to look for jobs and stuff, but you know, he, he wanted to get into some other stuff, but you know, (laughs) That just reminded me of something. Every time he got out of my car, I had to check where he was sitting to make sure he didn't leave anything behind. But you know that that just goes back. To, you, know, you, you know, you you have people. You know, people. There's there's all kinds of people who look out for, you know, who look out for each other, who look out for you know kids that you know have a, have some career options or some career aspirations. So that's where a lot of that stuff comes from. You know, you know he you know 
people look at that like, you know, I might not be here if it wasn't for these people looking out for me, and that's where that comes from, you know, and you, it's, it's hard to tell people no, you know, that's why, you know, it, it doesn't really happen as much now, but, you know, that's why athletes would go broke back in the day, you know, because yeah, right. they they couldn't tell people no, but I, I I see both sides of that, you know, I get, you know, you, you think back about stuff and say, you know, I wouldn't be where I am without this person, but this person could also, you know, have a negative effect on my future, and it's, you know, it's, it's just, it's just, tough to decide what to do jay davis with us and uh appreciate you sharing that story jay i know you know uh jay you're, you're a guy um i never um even get close to calling you or texting you or whatever around mother's day because i know with you and your mom that that you know it's a uh it's a special relationship there and that kind of stuff and so i think the thing that confuses me the most about Ja and why i agree with you that there's a mental aspect to this is because he didn't grow up like you did Right, he grew up with a mom and a dad in a pretty stable place. Uh, yeah, nice but so so this is what this is another thing. You know, people talk about that picture of him with his uniform on from school with both of his parents. Yeah, but I, I don't know how old Josh's dad is, but I don't think I don't think he's as old as a lot of people think he is. And you know, when you there's that story. I think it was Washington Post last week that came out, and that there was an incident. He was playing ball at his house. There was a 17 year old. I'm not going to call him a kid. <clears throat> You know who he got into it with, right. and Ja goes in the house, you know, to get to get his pistol or whatever he got, and his dad comes out, and his dad's not like, Ja, don't do that, you know, you can't do that. This is, you know, he's a kid. Why are you doing that? Why are you reacting like this? His dad was just like, no, 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 like don't mess up the money. And then his mom is the one who called him when she got into it with the with the finish line employee got it. that had him rolling up to the mall nine or ten deep. So. You know, that, that two-parent household thing is, you know, that that's not always, you know, it depends on who the parents are, you know. So, that's fair enough. you know, one-parent home, two-parent home, you know, it, that all depends on that all depends on the people to me. So, you know, just based on those incidents, you know, you can't really say that. And, and Ja's dad, you know, it's almost like he's more part of it. He's trying to be more part of the crew than be his father. Yeah. Yeah. No. It, okay. That's all very fair. And, and Jay Davis with us at Jay Davis underscore nineteen eighty one. Go find him on Twitter. Go follow his stuff up there at Cranes Detroit. I uh, we were talking earlier about NBA Jam, and I know this is a hard right turn, but I was just told by Ben Roberts, who comes on every Thursday before you, that there's something called like NBA Playground now. NBA. No, I never heard of that. I have so uh, Christmas twenty twenty. My wife got me. The giant arcade NBA Jam machine for Christmas with like NBA Jam, NBA Jam Tournament Edition, and I think the third game NBA Hang Time. So yeah, I'm, I'm all about. It. We can talk about NBA Jam. All right, so let's do that right now. So uh, this was when uh, Dan was still working in front offices and, and different things uh, in the NBA. I'm going to give you ten teams, and I want you to pick the best matchup: the Hornets with Larry Johnson and Alonzo Mourning, the Sonics uh-huh. with, with Kemp and Shrimp, uh, at the Atlanta Hawks with Dominique Wilkins and Stacey Ogman. Stacey Ogman would have pulled. Uh, the Warriors with Mullen and Hardaway. That, that's a mm-hmm. that's the squad. David Robinson, Sean Elliott on the Spurs. Mark Price, Brad Doherty on the Cavs. Pippen and Horace Grant, Bulls. Olajuwon and Maxwell on the Rockets. Charles Barkley, Dan Marley, sneaky good on the Suns. And then, of course, Stockton Malone. Who's, a, who's the best matchup of that? Stockton Malone is the best one. No question, know, right? Yeah. So the second Vernon, I like Vernon Maxwell and Kenny Smith, but you know the second guy on the Rockets wasn't you know one of as good. Sean Elliott was decent, but you know that's so when you think about it, that's the only tandem that you mentioned, 
that has like two for sure, where both of the guys are for sure Hall of Famers. Right. Okay. All right. Fair enough. All right. Yeah. Good. Good point. <laughs> um, I, I want to go to a story that is getting a lot of play here in Denver, uh, Jay, because it's about Jokic, and and that is uh, Kendrick Perkins yeah. saying Jokic has won the MVPs or, or will win number three because he's white, and and all of the voters are white. You know, why does he have to go? Is this just a case of you know, I've got a job at ESPN. I've got to say something controversial. Or, or does he actually believe this? Hey, we're doing sports talk radio today, Avery. How about that? All right, go ahead, Jay. I, 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 I do think he believes that. But, you know, that whole conversation with him and J.J. Redick was – it went off the rails pretty quickly. Um, you know, I don't – well, all right, so th- here's the thing about that. So Larry Bird won three in a row. 84, 85, 86, and, you know, look at the his team won the championship 84, 86, and they got to the finals, lost to the Lakers in 85, so he deserved all of those. Then you get to Dirk Steve Nash. Um, you know, you could argue whether he deserved his or not, but I think the first one was a product of, you know, until that Suns team came together, the league was playing really slow. You know, you had the Pistons winning these 70, 65 games, and, yes. you know, Phoenix sped it up. He was the catalyst for all of that. He was really good. Uh, Dirk he absolutely deserved his MVP, and when you look back on it now, I think Dirk might be one of the most underrated players of all time. Like he's, a, I think he's a top twenty all-time player, but you know, right now I, at this point, I think he's underrated. The thing with Jokic is his numbers now are just as good as, or better than they were, you know, the first two years. Like he's yeah. shooting sixty. He's shooting 63% from the field, 40% from three, and 82% from the line. They're the best team in the West. But I don't think we'd be having these discussions, you know, if he didn't have, if he wasn't on the verge of three in a row. It seems like, you know, three in a row is like this hallowed ground, you know, because it's only happened, what, three other times. Um, Michael Jordan didn't win three in a row. LeBron James never won three in a row was, you know, I mean, the only time you could make a case for him winning three in a row was, you know, 2011 when Derrick Rose won. But even that year, LeBron finished third in the voting because you could also make a case for Dwight Howard that year. Um, I think Jokic is unbelievable. I would pick him for the MVP. Uh, There's still like 20 games to play, and Giannis Giannis and Joel Embiid are having just as good a season as as Jokic is, so there's still no guarantee that, I agree that you know, that he's going to win. This this comes from that straw poll that came out a few weeks ago where 77 of the 100 voters picked Jokic. Um, right. But, yeah, like, Kendrick Perkins was wrong to say that. J.J. Redick was wrong, I think, mm. to be so absolute about the fact that there's no way racial bias could come into play. Because, like, if, it, and I, you know, if, if 80 or 90% of the voters were black, you know, they, you know, people, people like to vote for people who look like them. You know, that's why, you know, that that's just a possibility. Like, I joked when Gordon Hayward went to the Boston Celtics that he was going to be the most popular player in the league and have the number one selling jersey because it was a white American dude in Boston. I mean, I heard his first game and that didn't happen, but, you know, that was a joke I made. Um, yeah, you know, but I think that whole conversation just went totally off the rails. Jokic is absolutely deserving. Um, you know, he's been the, he's been one of the two or three best players in the league the last three years. And another thing that a lot of people that haven't mentioned about this is I think durability is coming into play because he's out there every night. No you question. Know, Giannis misses games. You know, he's hurt. You know, Joel Embiid always misses 10, 15 games. Um, I did. I was look when this, you know, when this stuff all happened a couple of days ago, I looked it up. 
the only time I think there's only been like six times where um, the winner, the MVP, didn't play, you know, didn't play more games than the other guys in the top floor since 2000. Um, and Jokic, you know, the last few years has played more games than, you know, Giannis and Joel and B for whatever reason. And I think that, I think durability now, especially the last seven, eight years with load management coming into play, I think that, I think that's becoming a big factor in the voting. And I think along with him being excellent, him being, him being available every night is a big reason why people are picking him for the MVP. And like I said, you know, I, if, if, if the season was over right now, I'd pick him too. I don't think Jokic will win the MVP because he's white, but I do think Mac McClung got a lot more hype around the <laughs> around the dunk contest because he is. <laughs> yeah, but Mac McClung's been dunking like that. You know, I know for seven eight years now. Yeah. You know that was just you know that that was weird. You know once he, I think when he went out there was there might have been some people who you know who had never seen him like like who is this white boy? He's not even in the league. But when he started dunking, they were like, oh my god, he's unbelievable. Yeah. All right, Jay Davis with us, Cranes Detroit. All right, what else can we talk with Jay about? All right, we're getting into conference tournament, uh, the, the heavy lifting, I called it, um, on our uh, on our looky this morning. Um, and it, one of the weird things that's happened in a conference tournament is that Jim Beheim kind of just resigned and they just named the next coach, and it's one of his great players of all time in Adrian Autry, and it's just this flub of an end of a career. I think he got fired. I agree with you. I agree with you. What what is your what is your overall take on Jim Beheim and, and the situation yesterday? Well, I <laughs> I have lots of thoughts about Jim Beheim. Um, you know, it he's a really good coach. Um Do you know who Jim Beheim is? Jim Beheim is who people say Tom Izzo is. He goes absolutely. to the final four once a decade. Yep. He, he wins one title his whole career. And Izzo's been, you know, almost almost ten times. He's got a title. He's who he's who Izzo is who people say Izzo is, but he actually is. Yeah, you know, I think his his first his first Final Four was at was in '87. You know, that's ten or eleven years into his tenure. Then I think his you know next one was like ten years after that with that John Wallace team in '96. Right. Then he doesn't go again until the year that they you know win a national championship, and then they had that what what was that that one year they. Well, 2013, they lost to Michigan. And then they had one year where they were like an 11 seed and got there, which, you know, that's a good coaching job by him. But, you know, just and this is another one of the examples where you see the difference between college football and college basketball. Um, you know, he's, a, he's at Syracuse, you know, 40-plus years, almost you know, 45 years, I believe. And, you know, he's got the one championship that, that came 20 years now, but he's still able to keep his job. You know, and you look at, you know, you know, Gene Chizik, Gus Malzahn, you know, they're, they're getting fired, you know, two years after being in the national championship game, you know, or winning a national championship. You know, there's, there's just these, you know, I, I don't know. And then I'm, I watched part of his press conference last night, and this one reporter is doing her, doing the best she can to try to get an answer out of him. And he's like, that's up to the university. That's He's talking, he said, <laughs> he said he gave his retirement speech at their last home game last week. And anything else is up to the school. And then she said, "Do you want to come back?" And he said, "You're asking the wrong person." <laughs> so that's why that's why I think he got fired. Well, he he. If you watched that game yesterday, when he came off the court at halftime, you know, and I feel sorry for these. Uh, in in most cases, it's young women. Every, uh, every once in a while, it's a man. 
But, you know, they, they've got to be scared to death because they're stopping a coach in the middle of a game to ask them the questions. And, and her first question is, um, you played two players with two fouls. And he interrupts her and says, I always play I always play players in the first half with two fouls. And so then she, she asks some follow-up question, and he gives another short reply and says thank you and walks off the floor. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it was just he's, – he's gotten to be that old – crotchety man that needs to He's go do been like that <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i guess i guess <laughs> he won I'm, i just pulled it up you know while he's had some success in the tournament you know he's won three division championships three conference championships yeah. since like 1990 1991 uh you know he they never won the acc the best they finished was second their first year um, you know, his last Big East title was four years, you know, before they left the league. I just, you know, he's got the one title. I've, I've always thought he was overrated. I've always thought he was a bit of a jerk. Um, you know, the longevity says a lot, but yeah, I just, I just don't think, you know, it's almost like <laughs> there's this, there's this video, uh, you know, from when Paul Pierce retired, you know, Kobe retired. He got this whole, you know, going away, you know, celebration, you know, like kind of like when Kareem retired, I think. You know, every team gave him something. You know, Philly yep. gave him like a, a recliner. And you know, when Paul Pierce retired, he tried to do the same thing. And there's this video of, of Draymond Green saying, "You know, they don't love you like that. You're not Kobe." And I feel like you know, Jim Beheim tried to do this because if he tried to do what Coach K did last year, the reception mm. wouldn't be the same. <laughs> there's no rocking chair for Jim Beheim, Jay Davis. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I the the other thing is, and boy, this has been a this has been a, a, a we're doing we're doing real cultural talk today, you know. Mark Adams gets I mean fired not fired at Texas Tech, yeah. And, and I just Dan and I just can't figure out what these guys are doing. Like like where does this where is it in your mind that talking about mastery and slavery and these kinds of things is a good idea? And I I just I, I don't understand how that comes out of your mouth and you think it's going to be motivating. I just don't get it. It's fifteen million dollars. He left fifteen million dollars on the table. It's unbelievable. That's you know that's one of those instances where the coach thinks where a coach thinks he's bigger than the program, and you know he's looking at those kids not as commodities and not people. Like you know there's you know there's coaches that say you know hey I'll I'll send you back to the hood and all this other stuff, and you know people people just aren't going for that anymore. But I mean he coaches in Lubbock, Texas. They had to lie to get probably. 75% 75% of that roster to go there anyway. <laughs> Jay, last one for me. You mentioned uh, Jokic and staying healthy. Man, we're having a hard time keeping these stars healthy. Luka Dantich leaves last night's game. Did you see the did you see the play that Kevin Durant turned his ankle? Yeah, I was getting ready to watch that game, you know, cuz I've been watching all the Suns games since that since he came back and that was just weird, you know, he just slipped on a wet spot and I think I don't they don't play again until Saturday. I think he'll be all right. It's just you know, this weird stuff happens, man, and it's it's just happening more frequently than it seems like it used to. Yeah, I, I mean this was unbelievable. I, I I mean he was he's doing a drill where he's on the side of the basket, he's taking one dribble and laying the ball in and and rolls his ankle. I, yeah, I it yeah. just it, it just seems like there's a whole lot more injuries especially to star players than there used to be. Yeah, I mean, you know, there was a – I think it was a story last week or a couple weeks ago 
you know, just about how AAU has changed, you know, these like none of the guys, you know, how, you know, I'm, I'll be 42 in August, you know, we, we all played, the first sport I ever played was baseball, you know, you play basketball, you do all this different stuff, um, you know, just, just to keep your body loose and, you know, learn different movements and stuff like that. But, you know, AAU is year round. All the coaches are trying to make a name for themselves, whether it's for their particular program or to get a college job or something like that. And they're having these kids play basketball year round when they, you know, when they need a break to do some other stuff. And, you know, that's been going on probably for the last 10, 15 years. And Kevin Durant's in year 16, you know, so, you know, you see that. Um, you know, LeBron played football in high school. He did different stuff, you know, but so he's a, you know, a little bit of a different generation. But I think that focus on one sport is the focus on one sport is a big reason for all of these injuries. That's a great point. That's a terrific point. All right, Jay, I'll get you out of here on this, and it's Jay Davis, Cranes Detroit, at Jay Davis underscore 1981. What's the best college job that just came open, and obviously they filled the Syracuse job? Syracuse, Georgetown, or St. John's? It's tough, you know, because when, when those programs were, were great, you know, you, Georgetown, you had outside personality and great man in John Thompson. St. John's was getting all the guys from the city. Right. Um, what was the other one you said? You said St. John's, Georgetown, and Syracuse already got filled. <laughs> I, I think St. John's, if you get that thing rolling and the garden's rolling, I think that's the job. Of those three. But, yeah, but, you know, like I said, you know, when, what's the last, what, well, who's the last great guy from St. John's? Felipe Lopez, Ron Artest, Eric Barkley, you know, that, that's 20 plus years ago. Well, those right. guys you're aren't, right. you know, those guys aren't going there anymore. Just like, you know, I, I always wonder, always, always wonder why DePaul isn't, what DePaul oh, hasn't I been know. good for 40 plus years. Yeah. You know, but I think a lot of the guys, you know, Either either people are telling them they need to leave Chicago, or the, you know the recruiting just isn't good, or, or I, I don't know about the facilities or anything like that. But you know those guys aren't going to the city colleges anymore. You know St. John's doesn't get guys, DePaul doesn't get guys, Georgetown. You know Georgetown's right in the heart of the DMV, and you know they're not getting guys. You know I don't even know like you know I mean keep going back to Kevin Durant. Like I don't even know if he took a visit there or to Maryland. You know it's just you know these programs aren't you know, what they was once were, which is why I am very, very surprised that John Shire didn't win ACC Coach of the Year because, you know, you look at the, you with college basketball or with college sports in general, you are, you know, these programs are so synonymous with one guy. Mm. And for John Shire to come in, you know, his first year and, you know, I know they didn't win the league, but, you know, they finished in, you know, they got a double bye, you know, they, they, they played really well played pretty well in the ACC. Um, you know, I'm just surprised him coming in his first year and having the success he's had hasn't been talked about as much. Well, there you go. He's Jay Davis uh, up there, Cranes Detroit, at Jay Davis underscore 1981 on Twitter. Jay, we appreciate you doing the heavy lifting on the hefty topic, uh, the heavy topics today, man. Thanks. Thanks, Jay. All right. I will see you guys next week for the first damn tournament. There it is. There you go. Oh, man. All right. So I want to I run something past you, Dan, and I'm going to do it on, on live sports talk radio. Jay wants to start a basketball podcast. And I told him, you should do that while you have a connection to Dan Issel. <laughs> am I right or am I wrong? Uh, 
Well, I'd be glad to do it. I love talking basketball. Yeah. And I think Jay would be a really good podcast host. I think he he might be, and I've said this before. I mean, you bring up something, <laughs> he knows it. And he's got an opinion. He, 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 I mean, he knows it. There's That's all you can say. Anything. Anything sports-related. I so. also appreciate that we have, and, we, and I've gotten quite a few texts today um, on the text line, about just the, the different cultural vantage points from which the three of us come. Right, that we're we're very different guys. Uh, Jay and I happen to be the same age and have gone to the same college, but how Jay grew up and how I grew up were very different, very different, you know, manners of growing up. And so, um, yeah, no, I, I I always look forward to the segment because I have no idea where it's going to go. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. All right, go ahead, take us a break here, Dan. Yeah, uh, this hour of the show is brought to you by Delta Dental of Kentucky. Everyone deserves a healthy and happy smile, whether you're looking for dental coverage for your employees or an individual or family policy. Delta Dental of Kentucky has you covered with a nationwide network of dentists. Plus, they offer Delta Vision, comprehensive vision plan through VSP. Enrolling in a dental or vision plan is really easy. All you have to do is call them at 1-800-955-2030 or visit them online at ky.deltadental.com. Welcome back to Dan Issel and Louis Rabot on ESPN 680 and 105.7. Now, here's Dan and Louis. And welcome back for the final segment on this Thursday morning. We appreciate you all listening in, and we want to uh, remind you about uh, our friends at Bear Nose Pizza. Great food, great drinks, and great people. Stop in at uh, Bear Nose at Bowman Field on Taylorsville Road. Order a pizza with sausage, pepperoni, banana peppers. Ask them for Issel's jar of mustard. You'll never eat pizza any other way. Carry out, delivery, or dine in. There are 14 area locations in Metro Louisville and Southern Indiana. Yeah, it's that good. Bear Nose Pizza. That's Dan saying just order the salt pizza. Just get lots of salt. And there then, you go. And then put um, vinegar on it. Uh, reminder there of some of the uh, programming around here. Baseball tomorrow is on 970, but Saturday and Sunday will be on 939. 3 o'clock tomorrow, 1 o'clock on Saturday and Sunday. Tonight, Soccer City, Dan. Ooh. Yes. Yes. Jeff Milby back in the saddle, 6 to 7 here on ESPN 680-1057. Boys in purple back in action. First game of the year is on Saturday. Jeff Milby, Casey Whitfield, uh, pregame 945, where Casey Whitfield will call for a title. She's going to do it. Do it, Casey. You can do it. Kick off at 10 right here on ESPN 680. Put that pressure on those Let's boys go. Get in it purple. Done. Get it done. Not good enough. Get into the finals. Um, we are so spoiled with that team around here. They just win all the time. And it is Kentucky Fish and Wildlife Conference Championship Week here on ESPN Louisville. If they are playing, we have it. ACC Tournament in about 20 minutes. Miami Wake Forest over on 93.9. And then tonight at 7 on this air, Big Ten, and on, the, on 93.9, We'll have the ACC. That's at 7 p.m. Um, on all sticks here. We'll have uh, basketball. Big East tomorrow. ACC tomorrow. We'll have the SEC semis on Saturday. The Big East Championship. The Big 12 Championship. And the ACC Tournament. All of that on Saturday as well. All of that coverage brought to you by our friends again at Kentucky Fish and Wildlife. Seven County Services. Kellyjobs.com. And Kroger. Fresh for everyone. All right, Dan. So I, I attached a culture item today. Yes. Because yeah. it made me laugh. Because we've been talking about... Shotgun Willie's a lot this week. And then I find out 
that there's a French photographer who has been traveling the country photographing the United States and its men in its many strip clubs. And <laughs> I didn't I didn't attach this because I wanted to have another strip club conversation. I just wanted to point out that Francois Prost is the most self-serving photographer in the history of photographers. <laughs> this would be like, you know what, dad, I need to go to I need to go to art school. I want to learn photography and then you get a job at Playboy. Like that's what this guy did. Well, but in his defense, okay. he says he never took any pictures of the inside uh, or of the young ladies. Right. That it was only the ex- exterior of the strip clubs that he was interested in. <laughs> so what do you do once you take the picture? You walk inside, right? I mean, that's, I mean, what are we doing? You don't need to take a picture once you're inside. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> This would be a weird way to, what would you, if you wanted to travel the U.S. to visit certain things, what would you do? So my dad, for example, about once every other year, calls up his brother and they take 10 days off and they go see eight baseball games in eight days, something like that. Yeah. And they intentionally set it up where it's like they go to everything from single A to major league and they do all of it. Very cool story, by the way. My dad took my uncle to Florida and they did uh, spring training and college baseball at the same time. So very easy to get around and see lots of baseball at that time, this time of year, frankly. And my uncle went to West Point. He was in the Army. And then after he got out of the Army, he went to Harvard for his master's degree. And uh, as you can tell, he's very undisciplined and not smart. And so he, um, <laughs> they find out that Harvard and Army are playing a baseball game in Florida when they're down there. So my dad emails both coaches, and my uncle throws out the first pitch. Wow. That's pretty cool, isn't it? That's very cool. How about that? So there you go. Yeah, mine mine would be, uh, and and I've talked about this before. Mine would be uh, horse tracks. I've never, I, uh, okay, I haven't been enough. to. Yeah, yeah. That makes I, sense. I've been to. Uh, I think at last count, I've been to forty four, forty five different thoroughbreds. Some are no longer in existence, like Hollywood Park or Rockingham Park in New Hampshire, but. Uh, but I was there, and so there are a few major racetracks that I have not visited that I'd like to. What's on that list? Um, Delaware. Okay. <laughs> major uh, Louisiana Downs. Okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'm trying to think of there. There aren't very many. Have you big been to ones. Gulfstream since they renovated? Yes. Okay. Um, yes. You've been to Tampa. Yes. Okay. Have you been up to Indianapolis? Uh, yes. Oh, okay. Right. Well, I ran a horse there a couple of years ago. Got it. Okay. All right. Yeah. No, I, th- there aren't very many that you could name that I haven't been to. <laughs> Mahoning Valley. But, uh, I was there when it was called <laughs> something else. Of course. Of course you were. <laughs> oh, man. What was the, uh, what's uh, the Churchill Downs training facility? What was that called before? Louisville Downs. Louisville Downs, which I'm sure you spent many nights at. Um, yeah, I, I've told this story before. Um, oh, that's in right. The sum, in the summertime, yes. Sheridan was just three, two, two, three years old. And um, after dinner, to give Sherry a break, Sheridan and I would drive out to Louisville Downs <laughs> and watch watch a couple harness races before before it was time for her to go home and go to bed. So, yeah, I've I've been in fact, Louie, I was at Sherry Sheridan and I were at Louisville Downs 
when I found out I had been sold to the Baltimore Claws. Correct. Yeah, you got called to the uh, the PA office. Yeah, right? and yeah. it was Ellie. <laughs> Dan, this is the hardest thing I've ever had to do. <laughs> I do but we've traded you to the Baltimore Claws. Ellie, are you aware that I have a no-trade clause in my contract? John, you better get on the phone. (laughs) That's exactly how it went. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. I... I can't. Hey, we were talking earlier with uh, Ben about players who you wouldn't expect, you know, that that step up, get the opportunity, and really step up. And I want to tell one uh, that is kind of personal. No, not kind of, very personal. Uh, There was a player uh, by the name of Julie Hammonds. He played for the Denver Rockets. He had already retired when I got here. But I played against Julie quite a bit when I was with the Colonels. His grandson, Julie Hammonds III, and my grandson, Benjamin, had some, had some really fun uh, competition growing up, baseball field, basketball court. Uh, Julie is a sophomore at CU. And, and Colorado's starting point guard, I think, I think Julie was averaging about six points a game. Getting, getting some run, but, you know, not a lot of playing time. Yesterday, their point guard is injured, and Julie has to start. He runs the point for CU, Louie. He scores 21 points <laughs> and has one turnover. Wow. I, was, I was sitting here by myself watching CU in Washington and just yelling at the TV. It was it was so cool. And I don't know what the line is that for their win yesterday against Washington, they get to play UCLA today. I don't know what the line is, but don't be surprised if the Colorado doesn't give UCLA a little tussle today. Hmm, there you go. Well, it'll be good. So when are we having rowdy beers on the show? Uh, you still want him on? His name is Rowdy Beers. Well, I I thought we I thought when that you know kind of wore off I I mean we can get him on. We, I don't know. Some I'll get him on. Okay. You're the man with the Rolodex. <laughs> Little rowdy beers. That's a smart commitment, by the way, Avery. If you're going to go to a, a you know a you know a second level D1 school, Florida Nationals a pretty good choice. So I spent a summer there because of course I did. Really enjoy you spend time. a summer a lot of places. <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah, where have I summered? I've <laughs> tours France. My parents are a tour today. Actually, um, my parents. I'll give my parents credit. Like they they waited out COVID, and then when it was over, they're they're both retired now. That they just started traveling, and so they were in Morocco for a week. They're in France for a week, and they're going good to the, for them. Going to England for a week. Yeah, no, I'm how old are they? Uh, my dad just turned sixty seven. Well, they're babies. Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 Plus, my dad keeps in great shape. I think he, he still cycles a lot. I think he's, you know, like 100, 120 miles a week kind of guy. So, yeah. in, If he's in France, it's sickles. Cycle. Did you um, – <laughs> someone wants to know, are you rooting against Keon Brooks in that game? I mean, come on, Dan. Uh, I, I was interested in in seeing him play, and he he had a, fine, he man. had a, a, a decent game. I think he had fourteen or sixteen points, uh, but he didn't he didn't have the game that Julie Hammonds had. That's for sure. There you go. Um, <laughs> uh, do you think do you think Georgetown would take a shot on Patino? 
Ewing's not out yet, is he? He isn't. Isn't that wild? Uh, I think they're, they are negotiating with him because they, they don't want what happened with Bayheim to happen to Patrick Ewing. Right. I, and, I th- and, 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 and you, well, I was going to say and because Patrick was a star there, but I guess Bayheim was a star at Syracuse, too. I think he, I think, I, I think Bayheim is not a controllable personality. He's going to do whatever he wants. Yeah. I think that Patrick Ewing has more tact than that. Right. That's well, and, and, you know, just like, just like uh, Texas Tech let Adams step down oh, instead right. of firing him, I'm sure that's what Georgetown wants. To I think have. Ewing will move into the athletic department. Yeah. 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 Probably if there's a place for him. Texas are saying make... they're surprised that Syracuse didn't go after Patino. I don't think Rick Patino would live in Syracuse. <laughs> I'll be very clear about that. No, I think he that, could live in D.C. or New York or something like that. Yeah, I think at that, this point that like, sounded. I mean, that sounded like a done deal from the beginning. I also agree beginning. with that. Yeah, I, I, you know, they talked about how well this guy Autry recruits New York and D.C. and other places on the East Coast. And he's been an assistant there for yeah, what, years. Uh, twelve years. Yep. Um, so yeah, I, that was a done deal. They weren't looking any place. Chris Beard, Ole Miss, uh, it seems like they're going to make that deal happen. Would you hire Chris Beard if you were the AD at Ole Miss? No. Okay. No, I would not. And and that is, um, you know, everybody makes mistakes. We've all made mistakes. And we've done things in our lives that we are, are certainly not proud of. Everybody has that. Um, but this is just too new. Okay. I mean – you know, his girlfriend, his fiance, comes out and says, he choked me, he hit me, and he bit me. And then they said, uh, you realize that Chris isn't going to make $5 million a year anymore. And she said, uh, never mind. Yep. But but you know what happened. Yeah. She's not going to make that up. Uh, and so it's just it's just too new. Um, and 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 if if Beard does get that job, Mark Adams will be one of his assistant coaches. Oh, you're right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because, oh my God, you're right. Yeah, because oh man, Beard, I hadn't put that together. You are so right. Yeah, from oh. what I read, Beard tried to get Adams to go with him to Texas, but Adams wanted to be a head coach, and so that's why he he didn't go with Beard. And he went to Texas Tech. But, yeah, if, if Ole Miss hires Chris Beard, you can guarantee Mark Adams will be an assistant there. All right, so I want to play this sound real quick. It's about a minute and a half, and it'll give you about three minutes to react to it. This is Jeff Greer from uh, Floyd Street's Finest Field of 68 uh, podcast uh, group. And uh, Jack Grossman's on this one, believe it or not. But um, hey. this is Jeff Greer, who earlier this year you disagreed with because he said that Kenny Payne should have to do a public press conference where he lays out his plans and does all this kind of stuff. And you thought, and I think you said something like, who the hell is Jeff Greer, which is fine. Um, but I wanted to play this sound because he feels like he has to change his expectations and he's, and he's uh, changed where the bar is. I think for next year, I will say that I think considering everything that has happened, you got to go ahead and say, look, if Kenny Payne gets Louisville like in the NIT discussion, that is a significant step forward after this season. Now, I don't think that that's not I'm not trying to, to lower the expectations or anything like that. But I do think that that is a conversation where, look, if Louisville goes, they play 31 games. If Louisville goes 18 and 13 next year or 17 and 14 after this season, I feel like 
it, a lot depends on how it well, how it gets to that point. Of course, this is a hypothetical, but in a in a in a vacuum, just a a 13, 14, 15 win season better than it was the year before improvement. Uh, 13, 14, 15 win improvement. It, that's a lot of wins, and that's hard to do in college basketball. Um, I feel like that would be a step in the right direction. Is it enough? No. But I do think it's a step. It would be considered a step in the right direction. I'll put it this way. All right. Yeah, we don't need Jack. Um, so it, just kind of a change there. You and I, you know, we had the, the quote-unquote discussion yesterday about this a little bit. And neither of us wanted to put a number on next year for wins. Do you think his take is, is reasonable there? Yeah. You know what my reaction to that is, Louie? Okay. Who the hell is Jeff Greer? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I you know it depends. It, it, it depends if it, it 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 better be realistic because if uh, if Kenny doesn't get up into that range next year, right? That'll be his last attempt. So it it better get there. But you know how how are you going to tell me? that they need to get to 14, 15, 16 wins when you don't even know who's going to be on the roster yet. So, I mean, I know it's podcasts, and I know it's entertainment, and I know it's fun to listen to, but, you know, and I guess you can say he needs to get enough players in here to get to that point. I think that's the point, is that in Transfer Portal era, you can do that more quickly than if this was, you know, even 10 years ago or something. Yeah, and I think that's yeah. a reasonable take. By the way, I think that, and I think fans around here, I, I think they would, you know, if they if they get guys, if if the recruits start to you know to land, and, and you know he's got the kid coming in on Saturday, um, and then you know you see some transfers from UNC Greensboro, he scored fifteen a game last year or something like that. That I think people, will, a lot of people will buy back in, but also on top of that, you'll just see anticipation for what Greer's talking about in that, you know, hey, let's go, let's go be not necessarily an NIT team, but let's be, you know, let's win our, our non-conference games against bad teams. Let's go yeah. be eight and 10 in the conference, that kind of yeah. thing. Like that kind of improvement. I agree with Jeff that if you see that he's, he's here for a while, right? I, I think that's absolutely the case, but I, I, I also, in my mind, that is very much a wait and see, as you pointed out, because we have no idea who's going to be playing here next year. Yeah, and and you're exactly right. They they need they being Louisville, they need to go and get players that you just described. Right. They can't get players from Tennessee that average three points a game. That that's not good enough. They're going to have to go out and get players that were successful. I watched the um, LSU game last night, mm. and uh, the kid that Matt brought with him from Murray State. Um, K K J Williams is that his name? Uh-huh. That young man can play. Oh yeah, and, and and you look at Missouri, and he brought some people with him from Cleveland State that can play, and so you just can't go out there and get guys that oh he was a five star coming out of high school, and so we'll take him. You know, you you've got to get players in here that can that can make a contribution. So. When, when when I see what the roster is, I'll 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 make my prediction on how many games they win. V show here next. Miami Wake Forest over on ninety three nine Kentucky Fish and Wildlife Conference Championship Week continues there. Good show today, Dan. Talk to you tomorrow, buddy. Okay, yep. This has been Issel and Louie, SPN 680 105.7. We'll be back again tomorrow at 10 a.m. 
picks without Pat. I think there's only one Derby points race this weekend, Louie. We'll talk about all of it tomorrow morning. Have a great day, everybody. Metro College is a program that helps students pay for tuition, and I didn't believe it. You have to work third shift, five days a week. It's a great and rewarding thing when you graduate. I would do it all over again, just like I just did. You know those buddies who magically become medical professionals when you're not at the top of your game? The ones who say, come on, muscle through it, but then also say, hey, you should probably see my specialist. Or surgery or pain meds. It's almost always false, false, and false. Athletico's physical therapists, the same therapists who work with professional athletes, can tackle those little aches and pains from the start before they become big ones. So next time, don't believe everything you hear. Instead, start with Athletico. Schedule your free assessment at athletico.com.